Hi everyone, it's Joe Brothers for another Giant Sisters podcast and today we're with Lynn Patterson, otherwise known as Red. Red is an adventurer and a girl grills. She paddled around the entire coastline of New Zealand in a kayak. This was not a race, this was just her journey and it became a 432 day odyssey. Welcome Lynn. Thank you so much, Joe. I'm really, really pleased to be um, here talking to you. I'm inspired. I know you. We're friends and I've known you a while and I was so inspired by watching you on this epic journey. How, and say congratulations as well, the power of intention, when and how did you get the idea of paddling around the entire coastline of New Zealand? <laughs> Thanks for asking. It's quite, <laughs> it's quite a funny story, really. I... Ten years ago, sitting in a, in, a, in a queue of traffic in the wonderful, beautiful Coromandel area of New Zealand, I was sitting there with my partner, Jason, and I we were stuck in a traffic jam, yeah. and it was summer holidays, and I looked at the people causing the traffic jam, which were push bikers who were touring New Zealand, and mm. I said to Jason, wow, wouldn't that be a cool idea to um, push bike? And as I said it, I was like, oh, I don't know about that. And he looked at me and he said, you're insane. Don't be so ridiculous. <laughs> and I actually agreed with him and said, look, I reckon there's too many hills in this country. I, I don't want to be hauling a push bike with all my gear up the yeah, hill. Right. And I then I looked out at the coastline. It was a beautiful, clear summer's day, calm as. And I said, but you know what would be even better to kayak? And I actually can't repeat over the, you know, the yeah. thing what he actually said to me, or how <laughs> insane he thought I was. Right. And from that moment on, Joe, I was like, I've got to do this. And it stuck in my head like a, a microchip mm. and it wouldn't go away. Amazing. So that's when it started. So building up for the 10 years. So at, at the point you thought the kayaking, were you doing kayaking at that stage? I can't remember. Oh, hey, I was a, you know, I was a recreational, I could, pop myself in a kayak and paddle paddle a few k's and go around a few islands and that but at that stage no I didn't actually even own a kayak I Jason decided to try and put me off it by buying me for a birthday present kayaking lessons hoping (laughs) instead of saying no because he knows me so well no you can't do something as like a red rag I'm gonna do it Mm -hmm. so he'd already realized that he made that mistake by saying oh you shouldn't do it Mm. and so he sort of thought he'd put me off by getting me involved right. um, in it, but it, it didn't really work. It sort of really backfired on him that last comment, and and it used to. It, it started with me telling other people, you know, when I turned fifty, mm. I wanted to be kayaking around New Zealand, and 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 you know, a lot of uh, mm. friends that I know, and yeah. they just were like, yeah. it was raucous laughter yes. around the dinner table, <laughs> yeah, um, which actually fueled the fire more, <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Because I really wanted to do it. Sometimes mm. I wished I could take that microchip out of my brain mm. and go, oh, that's a really bad idea, put that away. But mm. I didn't and I couldn't. And it just made me smile and feel excited, like not running a marathon mm. or any of those other adventure or sports that I'd done. You know, I didn't have the same belly-burning, I-must-do-this feeling yeah, so it was as, it? as kayaking. Right. And, um, I mean, you started from Takapuna Beach on Tuesday, the 27th of October, 2015, and you were paddling till 31st December, 2016. That's right, yes. I was going away for six months, 180 days, yeah. 
it transpired to be 432 days I was away. So can you talk us through that? You must have had to pivot and readjust your planning and mental processing and, and, and how you were managing your food and supplies. Can you talk us through some of that? Well, you you know, people always ask me to pick a number and I I picked a number and sort of did the maths and went, there's 5,000 kilometres approximately to do and if you do 30 kilometres a day, that would, you know, take you 180 days if you, if you calculate that out. Mm. But I – and you presumed that some days you wouldn't paddle, but the other days you'd make up on on that. So yeah. it was a sort of pick a number and that feels okay. And I do remember the first 16 days I paddled nonstop every day. Mm. I hit the water and I paddled and we were we were on track. In fact, we were ahead of target. So a little bit of me was going, oh, you know, this is going to be okay. Yeah. Uh, and then and then the, the weather gods – joined the party, if yes. you like, and decided <laughs> to show me what it was really going to be like. Right. And so that that's when we started to slow down. Mm. And I did take I did take um, energy from actually, I saw a news report, and it must have come to me at a really good time. Mm. There was some English woman who'd rode a very long way from England to in the Pacific for, and it was meant to take them six months. Right. And I remember reading that it took them a year. It was double the length of time they predicted and I oh. now think that mm. was an omen because yes. I used to hold that in my stomach <laughs> right <laughs> go, well it took them that long then maybe it's going to take me this long to do it right and and talk us through your day um you how did you manage to sleep overnight and how did you manage the food and the rowing and did you have a team Okay. Yeah. I. I. Uh, our basic planning was that I. I didn't want to sleep in a tent every night I was away because I. I'd watched a couple of other people try and do it that way, and they. Yeah. They got totally fed up and gave up. So. Yeah. We worked at about having a camper van following me with one support person driving the camper van from mm-hmm. checkpoint to checkpoint. Um, they would manage and, and our food and most all the belongings mm-hmm. would carry along in that if I wasn't able to land at a beach where there was a road access that's when the tenting would come into it and I would I would girl grills and and stay on a beach and and forage for food if I ran out of food that I'd taken with me Mm. um um, yeah so I I had one support person when they could but then there were big sections in New Zealand where you, the road there are no roads and it's only boat access. So I was on my own in Stewart Island, 11 wow. days, and then um, Fiordland, 45 days, um, being girl girls on my own. Wow. And you must have met some incredible people on the journey. That was that's, that's actually really, really, really true. I met so many incredible people, and it was part of the journey I didn't even have in my spectrum when I took off. Right. I, I thought about the paddling and the coastline and the, the sea life you'd see, yes. but not the incredible people. Um, and they became my biggest story. Wow. You know, every single day I met someone and heard a new story and, and, and something exciting. That's, you know that the other people were doing, and I, I do remember, um, you know, watching you um, on your social media channels and Twitter and Facebook, which, and we'll link to um, to Red's um, website here too. That people actually get, either did they give you food or, or help you with directions or helped you stay a night in places. There was some lots of sort of um, good Samaritan, yeah. yeah. All all good Samaritans, you know, from 
from just local knowledge, which is always the best thing and, and the only thing that we ended up listening to right. um, was local knowledge of where to land, where to pull in, where not to launch your boat from, where to stay clear of, um, and yes, and food. And then when I was in Fiordland, you know, I, I used to have the fishermen come and find me and, and throw me food from off their boat saying, wow. oh, you need fattening up. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> to... to even in the middle of the fieldlands where you think there'd be no one, mm. a super yacht captain and his his owners come over in their tender and say, and I'm standing by my fire and my and looking like girl grills yeah. you know, after a month of being in the bush. Would you like to come for dinner? And I'm Incredible. standing there smelling of smoke and the only thing I could have a shower in was under a freezing cold um fountain a you know waterfall and I said well I can't get dressed for the up for the occasion but yes I'd really love to come for dinner so I'm on a multi-million dollar yacht yes in my whole holy leggings and bare feet amazing (laughs) yeah so and and being served like a queen so everybody was it was totally incredible. I, I didn't have a bad experience from anyone. Wow. And in terms of um, the dolphins and the whales you, you, and sharks, um, yes. talk us through some of those experiences. <laughs> um, the, the, the sharks, the only time I was in trepidation about not wanting to see sharks was when I was actually down around Stewart Island where they're renowned for the huge great whites Um, and I I promised myself that I didn't want to visualize even seeing a great white fin deciding to come and check out my little little kayak which is only like four and a half or 4.3 meters long Mm, Um, but but on saying that, yes, you do see sharks, and most of the time they, they just leave you alone or they, they come and are inquisitive and just sort of circle you for a little while and mm. then they go again. Um, the dolphins were, were I don't know, they were the most fun little little beasts that could come and come yeah. and greet, meet and greet and play with you, and, and they used to make my day. If I saw the dolphins, I actually felt blessed, yes. and then I used to always have a big smile on my face by the end of it. Um, New Year's Day, I always remember, uh, three hours the dolphins stayed and played and, and swam wow. as I paddled. That's amazing. Um, which is, an, yeah, it's an incredible time. And how did you get through those some of those moments when you were alone and in isolation, but, you know, between um, land and sea and in isolation? What mantra did, were you telling yourself to remain positive and focused and centred? Yeah, that's a that's a really good question because everybody who saw me take off from Takapuna, um, everybody who followed me, and even even my support crew were concerned about me becoming um, solo or mm. being solo and how I was going to cope with it. Yes, I am. Um, unusual, obviously, because I kayaked around New Zealand. But secondly, <laughs> I like my own company, and I found it um, I found it um, invigorating and being on my own. And yes, there are you know moments where you go, I wish I had someone else around me. But when you're on your own as girl grills, it's all about survival, and you spend a lot of the time in the day very busy. True. You know, collecting your food, getting your firewood, mm. keeping your fire going, just, just the basics of, of life, really. Yeah. Um, so I I just broke it down into day by day. Yes. I never thought about the next day. I just thought about what was happening on the day, and, and it really set me up really well. That's great advice, actually living in the moment, and that's when um, – we are as humans best because if we we're not in a worry or fear state, that's that's great. Then, and yeah. in terms of um, some of the embracing life's lessons, and what do you think some of the great lessons that you learned on this trip would have been? <laughs> I, I 
laugh because you you right. know me quite well. You know yeah. me. I I am not the most patient person in no. the world. I like things. <laughs> yeah. to, I like things to happen. Yeah. And yeah. when you are and, and be in control, and when you're out there, you can be in control of how physical you are and how you can do. But actually, Mother Nature mm. is a great big beast who is far stronger than any one of us human beings, mm. and she took control, and I had to be patient yeah. with mother nature letting me go when she thought I was ready to go and I was allowed to go mm. and, it, and it's crazy to talk about an entity or something as a person but I sort of related to like a, a fierce female mm. who was was my barrier my leader my told me when I was allowed to go and when I couldn't and when I listened mm. And went really deep inside. Then we got on really well. Mm. And when I didn't listen, like a really bad child, I, and I say this with with humour, I used yeah. to get like a bash. I used to get the jandle around my head, right, <laughs> or a wave around my head. Mm. Oh, I mean, I understand what you're saying. I mean, um, I think that you were in a total collaboration with the elements out there, Lynn. It was absolutely amazing. What what advice would you give to your younger self, knowing what you know now and what you've experienced? What advice would I give to my younger self? Take a breath and instead of trying to go fiercely head on with something, which is what I, I used to do, you know, like, you know, mm. give me a brick wall and I'll try and smash straight through it, <laughs> is actually just <laughs> just wait and go around the side. It's much easier and much, much more um good kind on your body on your mind on everything if you just take a side step mm. it's not a lesser thing to take a side step it's actually a more clever and more intuitive thing to do you don't have to go head on with anything so that's what i'd be telling my younger self stop don't pick that argument right now take a breath take mm. a side step and you'll be a smarter better cleverer person for going around the side that's great it's a bit like that saying uh, you know two steps forward and a step back is actually a cha-cha you're dancing you're dancing with life. yeah absolutely and a bit of a side step in there as well yeah. like you know the rugby players <laughs> uh <laughs> getting back to like life um on the on the sea and paddling what were you eating to fuel yourself for that? It must have been a, a huge output of energy you need. Yeah, it, it's funny, and I, and I wish I'd done it. Um, someone said to me, um, count how many potatoes or kumaras or that yeah. you've eaten in the, the time you went away. I didn't, I didn't because I had support crew as well, and I probably would have already said that the support crew ate more than me, which is a lie. <laughs> I, I fueled my – and it, it, I started off with an eating plan, but that mm. changed really quickly because – what I said I was going to eat when I'd been training, I, I sort of changed it around. I used to eat leftovers in the morning, so it was always meat, potatoes. Even if it was 4 o'clock in the morning, I'd be chewing down the night yeah. bef uh, before's food again. Right. So that was in my belly. On the water, it's really hard to take something. Like, you know, you don't stop for club sandwiches or, a, you know. A, yeah. So you t you take things along. And I used to make a, a really stodgy kumara brownie. It sounds disgusting, but it was actually really nice. It's, it's made with cocoa powder and kumara. So it was your big carbohydrates, yeah. and coconut oil and honey. And it had chunks of chocolate in it. And I just used to put it in a, a, a Ziploc bag that kept it waterproof. Mm. And then I could just put handles it in my mouth and chew and paddle at the same time right. uh, as well as energy packages which were just honey coconut oil tahini and seeds which right. all mixed together for me it tasted like a 
a caramel Mars bar. Right. It didn't. It didn't look like a caramel Mars bar, but when I when I got it in my mouth, um, it was just high energy cal high calorie food that just kept you going for the mm. eight, ten, twelve, fourteen hours you were on the water. Mm. Do you miss? So, do you miss being out paddling? Oh, I miss. You say I totally miss being out there on the water, solo, just me and and, and the ocean. Mm. Um, yeah, totally miss it. But th- there are days that I remind myself of, of when I don't miss it, when I see really big waves and I go, mm. oh, oh, that's a day that I wouldn't want to be there. Yeah, absolutely. So who are your um, sheroes or heroes and, and why? Um, my, my, my heroes... They, you know, they, they, they wave and change, really. Yeah. My heroes are people like, you know, obviously um, Hillary for mm-hmm. climbing Everest. And I used to have, you know, people ask me all the time why I wanted to do it. And I actually picked up his saying in the end and going, well, why not? Yes. You know, and I, and so he was my, he was my hero for just actually giving me an answer to this, mm. this why that I, that I actually couldn't give a really um, sustainable answer to. Mm. People like Scott Donaldson, actually, he was a hero of mine. He's just finished crossing the Tasman and, right. and successfully crossing the Tasman. And prior to me setting out, I, I remember having a conversation with him and he, one of his statements stuck with me and it was, you know, how much are you willing to sacrifice to achieve this dream? Right. And we yeah. used to have that saying written on a whiteboard in my camper van, who was called Cuzzy. <laughs> and I used to, I used to have that saying there all the time. And I used to ask myself that probably on a daily basis, you know, how much are you willing to sacrifice to complete this dream, especially on the days where I waited, sometimes 30 days waiting for weather patterns to, to come and become favourable. So Scott um, Donaldson, Paul Caffin, who was a, a New Zealand iconic kayaker who, who achieved what I had done, you know, in the 70s. He's, you know, he's oh. kayaked around Japan, New Britain, you know, New mm. Caledonia. He's done done a lot. So the 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 adventurers who did it without all the mod cons like I did, yeah. you know, they're the people I aspired to be or, or are my heroes. Has anyone else ever paddled around New Zealand that you're aware of? They have done it in smaller sections. They they were um, uh, they broke it down into islands so they would do a north island a south island and um a couple of done Stewart island but on separate occasions no one stayed away from home the full time yeah. and did it all at one length um apparently um and that comes from mr paul caffin himself he um informed me of that wow well congratulations again lynn um what is one message that you if you could give a message to all women of the world what would that be Message to all women of this world to actually just believe in yourself and go out and do whatever you want to do mm. because you can and, and to be a human, just yeah. to be a human. I was treated equally as well by females and males when I was out there because I, I just had a human um, face on really and truly. So, yes. But to go out and just believe you can do it yeah. because you can and – don't listen to the naysayers because I, I had naysayers the mm. whole time I was I was paddling, and and I know coming back into the the world we are in now, mm. 
there are you are you were given a naysay or someone says something negative to you every day when you have a new idea mm. and, and you would know that from yeah. the stuff you you go wow I'd like to do this and the instant reaction back from someone is always mm. oh no you know negative 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 mm. negative and and it, it's hard but so you've just got to believe in yourself all the time. I would hundred percent agree, and sometimes if people uh, push back on me, I just think in my head it's not their fault; they just can't see it yet. And if some people literally cannot believe something, they can't visualize it until it's actually achieved or manifested, which is what you did with your epic um, trip around NZ. So, as we reflect on New Zealand's hundred twenty fifth year of women's suffrage, what are your thoughts on the current status quo in New Zealand and the world for the life and opportunities for women and girls? What's my thoughts on it? I my my thoughts are that you know we're doing we're leading in a in a lot of areas. You know we're yeah. we're we are we are leaders. You know New Zealanders uh, have got the attitude we can. Someone says we can't. We go and do it. Yes. And with and and we are definitely the leaders in that. You know look at our prime minister. Mm-hmm. Um, at the moment, you know a leader in, in every everything that she does at the moment. I mean, I'll first to this, first to have a child, first right. you know. Yeah. Um, and I just think that that we as women just need to be very proud of ourselves mm. and and not be um, indoctrinated by by what some media say we need to be like you know I was I was my happiest I Mm. was my happiest and my smiliest when I had my holy leggings (laughs) feet that had weren't manicured Mm. and um and hair that had dreadlocks and and 45 days of salt in it and and I was the happiest because I could smile from the inside out and I Mm. I I believed in myself yeah so I, I think the New Zealand woman, we need to believe in ourselves. We need to keep going the way we are and 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 keep leading the way the people did or our woman did at the start, you know, 125 years earlier. Yeah. Well, thanks, Lynn. I've really loved our chat. And um, we should have a follow-up call in six months and see if you're back out on the water again, maybe. Oh, I, I hopefully I am out on the water somewhere exciting, like maybe New Caledonia or, or rowing the Pacific or something. Something exciting like that would be great. How fantastic. Well, uh, we wish you all the best. Okay. Thank you so much, Joe. Been great talking to you. Thanks, Lynn.